Hi, this is Michelle Weidenbenner, your Chief Hope Builder. If you are here, it's because you have a loved one with a substance use disorder and you're looking for support. Well, you're in the right place because I help you along your journey um, to, to introduce you to different people, different experts in the field, and to share hope with you because so often we get stuck and don't know how to live our lives without trying to fix our addicted loved ones. So I am the author of Moms Letting Go Without Giving Up, Seven Steps to Self-Recovery. And recently I will be launching Unhackable Moms of Addicted Loved Ones, Closing the Gap Between Havoc and Hope. This is a 30-day program that can help you go from havoc to hope and learn how to take charge of your own life. Think of it as a leadership book for moms who are in the same situation that I've been in and out of for so many years. Um, Please find my books at Amazon or anywhere that they are sold. If you would like to join us in a private Facebook group, you can find us at Moms Letting Go in Facebook. And um, if you'd like to join us in the tribe for more sisterhood and support, just go to Teachable. That's momslettinggo.teachable.com and find us there. But regardless, you're in the right place right now and we want to encourage you on your hope journey. We want to be here for you. Um, I have a group of care team members who are all where you have been or are today. So we want the best for you. God bless. Thank you and welcome. Hey, it's Michelle, and today I want to share something with you that I read at Allies in Recovery. And I want to share some of this article with you um, because I, not that you can go and read it on your own. This, This organization, Allies in Recovery, is amazing, and they do a lot of craft work. And craft is an acronym community reinforcement and family training. It's an approach to addiction that I am extremely fond of and one that really shows love, common sense, and it has been proven to really make a difference in getting our loved ones into recovery. A lot of what they do is what we do in our support groups too is we, we learn how to listen for change talk. We learn how to listen to our loved ones when they say things that might sound like they're ready for change. Oh my goodness. I mean, that's what we want, right? Um, and so often moms and dads are like, yeah, I tried that. That didn't work. I tried that. That didn't work. And the first thing I want to say is... Even if you tried something the first time and it didn't work, that does not mean that approaching it again, it meaning, you know, the conflict or the situation, approaching it again, you might not have the same results. Your loved one may be thinking about what you said three months ago and is starting to break through with, well, maybe mom was right. Um, And we don't know that, right? We can't see what they're thinking. 
So don't ever feel like your loved one is resisting you 100% um, because they might not be. There might be this sliver of hope in them. You might have heard them say something like, um, I, I've got to get, I've got to change something in my life or something's got to change or I am so tired of sleeping on the streets. Um, I am so tired of, you know, being late for work and losing my jobs or, you know, some sliver of an indication that they are maybe thinking about change and seeking help, right, for their mental health disorder and or their addiction. And oftentimes the two go together. The first thing I want to say, though, is to consider this. Think about who talks to your loved one with more compassion, understanding, control. Is it you or is it your spouse? Because if we want to plan a time to sit our loved ones down and say, I want to help you and I'm looking for ways to you know, support you on this and I'm learning how, what you're going through and I want to understand better. Like, who is the person who needs to be in control of that conversation if you decide to have a sit down with your loved one? So it might be somebody different, moms, you know. Um, I'm kind of chuckling because it was a part in my transition with an addicted child um, that I had to admit that every time my husband got involved, things went better. And I had to put my pride aside. Um, That was really tough for me because I wanted to believe that as a mother... I was more intuitive to my son and that I could be more compassionate, that I could understand him better and that I was, you know, the soft, feely, touchy, loving one, right? Whereas my husband, he came at it from a very logical point of view, unemotional, which is what I needed. So I'm not saying that's true for you, but if you have tried to talk to your loved one and you have just found so much resistance and maybe you've lost your temper or you've lost your energy, (laughs) you know, maybe you find yourself over-functioning for your loved one and trying to get them help and they're not doing any of the work, you know, find somebody who can be a sounding board that you will listen to and really reflect on, you know, what is this person doing that you cannot do? And maybe this person should be in charge of having a discussion with your addicted loved one. So it's just something to think about. But let me get back to, um, you know, so sometimes moms will say, well, I think he's using, but I'm not really sure he's using. Um, Trust your gut. And, um, you know, take his or her lead. Like if she says, you know, I just have a headache all the time. I'm having trouble coping. You know, that might be an entry into, oh, 
wow, that's no fun. It's hard. It's hard to do life when you're in pain all the time. What are you doing about it? Like, what have you tried? What's worked? Has anything worked? Instead of trying to, you know, fix it for them. But it's, um, it's that break in your relationship that kind of gives you an opening to poke in and maybe make some suggestions, right? Um, so in this article, let's see. I want you to, um, they give an example, and it's such a good one. Let's say um, your loved one um, has been blacking out with alcohol problems, you know, um, drinking so much, they're blacking out. Um, and here is something that he says to you. My head and body hurt so bad right now. Okay, right there in that those words, that was pro-behavior change, okay? I want you to just listen for the pros and cons in what this dialogue is, okay? And I don't remember what happened at the end of the night or how I got myself to bed. That's another pro-behavior change. They're looking at, oh, wow, I realize this about myself, right? I drank too much. That's another pro. I need to do something about the drinking. That's a pro. But right now, I have to get to work. That's a con. That's like saying, yes, I need to, I need to get help, but these other things are getting in the way, right? That's a con. Um, so I need this beer. I'm going to drink this beer right now to straighten me out so that I can get moving. That's, that's a con because we don't want them using, right? And they're trying to justify why they're drinking. I'll think about this, which is a pro, but not until after my sister's wedding next month. That's a con because they're putting it off. It's an excuse. I want to be able to drink then. Well, that's a con because we surely don't want our loved one drinking at his sister's wedding because you know what's going to happen then. So I'll think about this another time. And that's a con. So what happens is there are a few times where we think, oh, oh, they're thinking about change. They're thinking about doing something. And then they flip-flop right back into, um, but, you know, I'm going to keep doing it because I got to work. Or I'm going to do it because of blah, blah, blah. So just remember, moms and dads and anybody listening, this is so normal, this flip-flopping back and forth in, in our addicted loved ones' heads. Um, and I want you to think about yourself for a minute. So let's say January 1st, you were going to lose weight. Okay, I was going to go to the gym three times a week because I had been. I was lifting weights. COVID came and I'd been really sporadic and really not good at it. So all the things that flip-flop in my head are something like, yeah, but I'm playing pickleball, so that's enough. Yeah, but I want to write a screenplay and I'm spending my extra time doing that. So see, we find these excuses in our head. Um, so it takes mom's patience in listening and understanding your loved one, um, to not push too hard 
but to find hope in, in the positive, right? Um, timing is key. Um, so if your son, you know, you're talking to him about treatment, um, and you, you feel like they're maybe listening, but then, you know, they take a step away with something negative, um, you know, listen to that and find a way to paraphrase what they're saying. Uh, if you've listened to my TEDx talk on how to connect with your loved one with peace, it's, a, it's an acronym, um, find that on YouTube, listen to that, and you'll, you'll come up with strategies on how to listen better for the words that we need to hear, those pros, right? Like, yeah, that didn't serve me well. I, I missed my appointment. Oh, what happened? Yeah, I was, I was, uh, I didn't wake up. And you know, well, what caused that, right? And then they're going to be able to say, well, I drank too much or I used and I lost track of time or whatever it is. But um, just know that it is really normal for them to flip-flop, but start practicing your listening so that if they do give you a con, you can just repeat it back. So I think what you said was um, you, you're thinking about doing something about your drinking, but you want to wait till after your sister's wedding so you can drink there. It, it, did I hear that? You know, am I saying that right? And... Um, Hearing it from your mouth, from your words, might sound pretty different to them. I don't know. It would to me. Um, you know, if somebody said, so Michelle, I think what you're saying is you um, really want to get your body strong and build bone, strong bones by lifting weights and being able to reinforce your bones in your elderly age, in your aging body. But you think that pickleball is is doing what you really need. So somebody would voice that back to me, I'd be like, yeah, right, that's not true. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like we hear it from somebody else's point of view or somebody else's words and you're like, busted. Yeah, that's that's not that's really not true. It's really not true, right? I'm I'm just trying to make excuses. And we do that. All of us do that. Um, fortunately for us, you know, not lifting weights is not a fentanyl overdose, probably not going to kill me, but it will, it will impact my aging body if I don't build strong muscles around my bones. It will, like inadvertently, you know, it's an accumulative effect. So, but just remember that because sometimes I think we expect so much out of our loved ones for them to hurry up and want to change without really reflecting on ourselves and, you know, and our objections to the things that we want to change in our lives. Change is never easy. Um, the other thing that I, I really want you to do, like this week, do it, is make a list of resources, okay? Get all those resources down, all those places, um, the different ways that your child could get help. And 
you know, from homeless shelters to evidence-based recovery options to those who take Medicaid versus those who take insurance. Um, find, find those that, that employ somebody who can prescribe meds, mental health meds for depression, anxiety, versus those who do not. Um, do the work Find all those options in your community, maybe where or where your child is in the moment. That is something you can do, right? Um, and we should be doing that in our spare time because that's making productive use of your energy. It really is. That's one of the things when Ryan and Angelica finally decided that they wanted help. I had a whole resource page and it empowered them to go and call the numbers and, and reinforce like the differences in what those options were. Um, and then, you know, we of course talked to them too. You know, at one point they were t- considering Teen Challenge all the way out in California. And I said, that's fine if that's what you choose, but just know we have your children we're not going to be driving or flying or driving out to California to see you on a monthly basis because it's too far, it's too expensive, and we just can't physically do that. Um, and that made an impact on where they chose to go. They ended up going to Florida, which we had a property in Florida that we could live at, homeschool the girls, and drive five hours once a month to visit them. No, it wasn't you know, it wasn't ideal, but it was better than California. So, um, so my, what I'm saying is get that resource page ready. Okay. Um, and then offer to help, you know, say, Hey, I have this list. I have the name of a counselor. I've got a few options on homeless shelters. If they're, you know, homeless, I have, um, these recovery options. I would love to meet with you and talk about this. Um, But if their answer is no, you just say, you know what? Thanks for listening. I really am trying to listen to you better. And I, I realize just how hard this is for you. And I want you to know that I'm working to improve. I don't want to push you I just want you to know that I love you, I'm here for you, and this list will be available if you decide that you want it later, okay? You leave the door open because like I said, when I started this little podcast is you might think the resistance is 100%, but they may be faltering back and forth just like that example where in one minute they're thinking, yeah, this sucks. I I can't get up in the morning to, no, no, I think I'm going to keep drinking because I want to do it at my sister's wedding. Whatever that is, um, leaving the door open allows them to come back and think about it. And how many times have we heard something for the first time and thought, heavens, no, I'm not doing that. And then you think about it and you're like, oh, yeah. So um, I have a story. My dad... um, blacked out and fell and had a horrible head injury, tore off part of his ear. I mean, it, it was his ear is severed quite a bit. And he was in the hospital and he told everybody, I just want to go home. Just let me go home. And I came to visit him and I said, Dad, can we talk about that? I, I want you to think through what that looks like. 
So how are you going to shower? And he pauses and he thinks about it and he goes, well, you know, my lady friend has one of these shower hoses that I can just hose myself off with or she could help me. And I said, dad, she doesn't want to take care of you. How are you going to walk? How are you going to get up? How are you going to traverse? How are you going to go through your every day? Wouldn't it be better to go to rehab, build your strength back up so that you can do everything on your own, so that you don't risk falling and breaking a hip and making things worse? Wouldn't that be smarter? Uh, Yeah, he was all in, right? And so sometimes, moms, your loved one might resist now, or they might have just gone to rehab and totally messed up and they're back to using again. I want you to know they learned something at that rehab. You might be totally PO'd because dang it, you spent money, you got them there, you were all in, but they didn't and they walked out. They walked out, darn it, and you have no control over that. But that doesn't mean they didn't learn something from that. That doesn't mean that they are going to resist and object forever and ever, okay? Um, So I'm here to give you hope to bring you hope and let you know that this is a disease. This is a disease. And if we can think about it as such and help our loved ones to think about it as such, to reduce their shame and what they feel, it might lead them to being open to your resource page. So I wish you luck on that resource page and putting it together. Um, Reach out if you have any questions and join us in our support group. We'd love to have you. Um, We get together a couple times a week. This um, March and April, Lucretia is going to be leading a Bible study on the armor of God, the armor of God and how moms, we need to put on our armor for this battle because that's what this is. This is a battle and the the enemy wants to win. So anyway, God bless and make it a great day and I will be tuned in again soon with more hope for you in your life. God bless.